Welcome to Money in Your Life, the radio program that gives you the insight and motivation to be more successful with all aspects of your personal finances. Your hosts are Brian Farr and Ann Hutchins. Today's program will feature experts and intriguing ideas that will show you how money is actually operating in your life. Now, here are Brian Farr and Ann Hutchins. Good morning. You have Money in Your Life, a weekly show about the influence of money in your life. I'm Ann Hutchins. And I'm Brian Farr. Brian, how many therapists does it take to change a light bulb? <laughs> now, that's an old one, Ann. It takes one therapist, but the light bulb has to really want to change. Right. It is an oldie, and it came back to me as I was observing how hard it is for any of us to shift toward accomplishing big goals. It seems to be especially true when the topic is money. We mean to track spending, check the 401K, consolidate accounts, go to a financial planner, or talk to the folks, talk to the kids about money and values. You know, but life gets in the way on a daily basis. When I first started working in the investment business, I had a boss who was pretty well organized and a great people person, and he kept a to-do list on his desk. What I noticed about this list was that it never seemed to change. He never <laughs> marked anything off. Yeah. So I asked him one time whether it worked for him, and he said, well, it doesn't work the way I think it should. When I look at it and see the things I want to accomplish, I'm reminded of all the things that get in the way of getting to those things. Yeah, it's true. When we want to make a change, lots of things can get in the way. You know, change requires uh, it requires a handful of ingredients. It requires clear intention, sustained focus, permission to experiment, and let's not forget occasional reviews. We have to look back. Uh, in a busy modern life, who has the time to make meaningful changes? My clients frequently tell me that overloaded calendars are the primary reason they are not follow through on achieving their goals. Right. Well, our guest today is Kiva Leatherman, founder and creator of Wise Women Network. Kiva's passion is around giving women tools that help them move those big rocks, past the necessary functions and distractions of very busy lives. From her headquarters in Dover, New Hampshire, Kiva conducts webinars that are informed by her own life experience as a former financial industry professional, as a mother, and as a woman. Kiva's formula is radical thinking plus meaningful work plus dedicated self-care equals one wise woman. Welcome, Kiva, to Money in Your Life. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to have you here. Kiva, let's tease apart that formula if we can. Mm. Talk, about, talk about the pieces of it, radical thinking, meaningful work, and dedicated yeah. self-care. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, let's start at the top of the formula, right? Radical thinking. Um, you know, it's the way that we were taught to think about things from money to how we spend our time to our relationships to really how the world works were true and right and correct. I think a lot more people would feel a lot happier, really, really happy, meaning fulfilled and having that deep sense of gratitude about their everyday experience than is the case now. Mm -hmm. um, I really think that so many of us were taught to think in a way that was, you know, through no fault of our parents or our communities or our teachers, but was very much um, designed to keep us within the construct of an old paradigm, a system that was never really true, but that certainly no longer applies. <laughs> yeah, so, so if I'm understanding right, the radical part is you shake up and have have your clients and people who join your webinars and your workshops, you have them question what their framework of thinking is and whether it still works for them. Is that right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's, an it's really important, especially, I mean, Brian and I have talked about that, especially around money. We talk to clients about money stories. What's the money story they grew up with? Yeah, I mean, you know, you can get as kind of woo-woo or as pragmatic with it as you want, but the truth is that what we believe shapes our experience. 
through our perception and our interpretations. And so if we're operating with beliefs around money that cause us to be in in wrong relationship with it, to think it's bad to want money, um, to not take care of our money, to act irresponsibly with it because maybe we're scared of it, um, then that is going to be our experience. And really what I've seen time and time again is when we change the way we think, we change our results. Yeah, exactly right. So, So do you have some examples of how you work with clients to help them to do that? Because it does, as Brian and I were talking Mm -hmm. about, it takes, it's really easy to get distracted from that end goal. Yeah, and I mean, the the mind and our thoughts and beliefs, they're pesky little critters. (laughs) Yeah, it's a pretty (laughs) wild path, isn't it? It's really amazing to me how our beliefs are sort of insidious and they don't want to get destroyed. They want to do everything in their power to keep power. And so what I know is that it's really challenging for anyone, myself included, to do this work without a mentor, without a coach, without a uh, somebody who's who's walked the path before you because the beliefs will, you'll kind of get there. It's like being on a diet, right? In the first week, you're awesome. You're eating your kale smoothies. You're doing everything <laughs> right. And then by, you know, day five or six, man, that box of, you know, your kid's goldfish just wins. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. changing beliefs is the same. It really... Um, it's it's challenging to see how the beliefs are sneaking back in. And so what I really want to be for the women that I work with and that we serve through Wise Women and some other endeavors that I'll tell you about uh, later in the show is to be a guidepost so that we're constantly returning to truth. Because the truth is that money has no emotional characteristics whatsoever. It's a thing. It's a tool. Um, But we assign it all these attributes. And that is also so in how we spend our time and how we divest of our intellectual capacity, um, all these ways that we value ourselves. And so I just want to be a person that's just constantly bringing, bringing people back to the truth. Great. You know, somebody once said to me, it's like having an old pair of shoes. You know, they're really uncomfortable, but mm. you know that they're broken in and they fit you. And you don't want to buy the new pair because you really don't know if they're going to be any better. Yeah, exactly. I say all the time, people choose familiar discomfort over unknown possibility time and time again. So I'll say that again because it's a big one. People choose familiar discomfort over unknown possibility. What I know to be true is when you are willing to let go of what is uncomfortable for you, albeit familiar, every time, every time something awesome happens. Yeah. That is really, that is really great. That's choosing familiar discomfort. So, Talk to us a little bit about how you provide safety and encouragement for people to go into unfamiliar territory. I actually encourage them to get over the idea of feeling safe. (laughs) Okay, good. (laughs) Perfect. That's that's Um, good. You're not going to feel safe on this journey, so get used to it. Exactly. Like I wish I could tell you, it's all going to be peace and love and butterflies, and you're never going to be uncomfortable, and you're never going to be scared. But that's not true. It's just not. Um, Safety is an illusion. Nothing that we've been trained uh, that is safe is. So, for example. In the way that I was raised to to think about money and career and finances, you go get a good job and you take 15% of your money and you put it in a retirement account and you have insurance and you do all these right things. And I think many of us have learned over the last five to 10 years that that safety net is not guaranteed. Um, That's not to say that it's, it's defunct. It's not. There's a place for it. But it does not guarantee safety. It doesn't. 
Um, and so get used to it. Yeah. We're not going back. The, the world is not going to revert to the industrial age. It's not. We're in a new economy that's based on connection, on truth, on self-reliance, on this new thinking that we're talking about. And you have to either own that or be a victim to it. Those are, those are the only two choices. And I used to be nicer about this, but I've really learned to not be because it's pretty black and white. You either take responsibility for the results in your life or you're a victim to them. That's it. Yeah, so what you're talking about is something that rings so uh, true with Brian and I, which is taking responsibility, going from the external to the internal. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. Say more yeah, about that. The only, I mean, really where I've come to... <laughs> only place I feel safe now is in my own power. So, and it's where I want all my clients to get to, that regardless of external circumstances, I really, I don't know if this were true, but I really believe that if I lost everything tomorrow and I have a beautiful life, I mean, I have two amazing kids. We live on a farm in New Hampshire. My life is, I pinch myself. If it all went away tomorrow, I'll be okay. Yeah. I'll be fine. My kids will be fine. Yeah. And you know what? Maybe it'll be the biggest adventure of our life in figuring out how to rebuild it. Yeah. That's true safety. That's, That's pretty radical security. thinking. Yeah. That's pretty radical thinking. If I can jump in here. So you used a phrase about the only place I feel safe is in my own power. You know, the word power has a lot of different meanings for people. And as I hear you say that, this may sound a little funny, but it, I think it means something different to a woman than it does to a man. Mm, and I, and I'm wondering, I'm wonder, I'm, well, I'm going to ask you first, what do you mean when you say power? When I say power, um, it just means that I take 100% responsibility for my experience. So if things aren't going great with my man, that's not his fault. It's not my need. Well, it is. I guess in my context, I take 100% responsibility. I am empowered to create change, to create. um, I remember I had a coach once who said to me, how willing are you to raise how good you feel? You know, how willing are you to feel awesome all the time? And I was like, hmm, I actually haven't been that willing. I've been holding on to all these stories about who this person is and what this circumstance is. And it was a big moment for me because I realized no one's going to come. Like, no one's coming to do this for me. And so power now feels like that, just empowerment to take responsibility for all of it. So it's Uh, internal, right? Say that again, Anne. It's internal. For you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, in, and it's not power over. Right. So it's yeah. not the old the old paradigm of do what I say, not what I do, or you know, I'm I'm the you know masculinized version of a woman. It's power within, power with. Mm-hmm. Brian, I think that's the thinking? that's the change. There is the is the power over is the more common definition of power. So when somebody says that um, that I'm, I'm the only place I feel safe is in my own power, that could be misinterpreted as thinking my power over other people. But you're saying it's the exact opposite. It starts with Yeah. Them. Oh, my gosh. That's such a good – I love that differentiation because it actually means completely giving – so the old paradigm would be like control freak, right? Like I'm going to make this person do this and this money is going to do that. I uh, I love the idea of having control over nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you know when you talk about money, it's a really interesting it's a really interesting thought about money because the power that people tend to have is the old paradigm tend to take is the old paradigm of I'm going to I'm going to control this mm. amount here. Yeah. Yeah. And we try and hold on to it. Right. And so many, um, you know, I do a lot of business coaching now for women, mostly who are really looking to embrace this new idea of creating wealth um, on their own terms through creating businesses. 
And I see a lot of them when they come to me, they're like white knuckling it, you know, just pushing and striving and really putting themselves in, in ill health um, because of this. And there's this shift that happens when you realize that if you just let it go and go do the work, right? I'm not saying this is easy or magical. It's not. But it can be done um, with ease. It can be done with surrender. It can be done with non-attachment. And then, poof, lo and behold, all of a sudden, clients are coming in because they're not sensing that, like, I mean, who likes that, right? When you sense someone being like, I've got to get this client because my kid needs braces. We don't, that's not their problem. But when you just mm-hmm. go and you serve and you're open, magic happens. Mm-hmm. You know, this ties back to what you were saying is that safety is an illusion and it ties into this power. If we think that power is an external, that we're going to get our power by having power over, then we're mm-hmm. constantly feeling unsafe because we that's mm-hmm. an illusion. We don't have power over other people. But if and we take 100% responsibility for ourselves, then that shifts this. And so safety is something. Safety is where my two feet are. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. money becomes one way to support that. It doesn't become the thing. Yes, yes. good point. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I say to people, I love money. I mean, I love selling. I love marketing. I love making money. I love spending money. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm a girl. Um, I love it, but it doesn't define me. And it doesn't define my worth. It doesn't make me, uh, you know, I have bad months in my business. And, you know, you just, like, move on. What needs to shift? Yeah. Um, Kiva, we're going to have to take a break right now. And uh, But we will be back. We'll be back in just a minute with our guest, Kiva Leatherman. And if you'd like to join our conversation, please call us at 866-472-5790 or email us at moneyinyourliferadio at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. I'm Ann Hutchins with my co-host Brian Farr. You have money in your life. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The goal of financial coaching is to open up the conversation around money with your spouse, your children, or your extended family. Anne Hutchins works with individuals, families, and financial professionals to improve relationships with money. Her work with clients is confidential, honest, and fun. Visit Anne's website and schedule a free 15-minute consultation at www.abhutchins.com. That's abhutchins.com. Do you have financial goals for yourself? Do you want to be smart with money in all areas of your life? If you're ready to become more effective with your personal finances, then you might be ready to hire a financial coach. Since 2002, Brian Farr has helped hundreds of people improve their relationship with money. He's unbiased, honest, and approachable. If you'd like to learn more about financial coaching, visit Brian's website and schedule a free 15-minute consultation at www.brianhfar.com. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll-free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Listening to Money in Your Life with Brian Farr and Ann Hutchins. To reach our program today, please call 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. You may also send an email to moneyinyourliferadio at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. I'm Brian Farr with my co host, Ann Hutchins, and our guest, Kiva Leatherman. Today, we're talking about radical truth-telling, meaningful work, and dedicated self-care. It's a pretty big topic. 
Right before the break, Kiva, you were telling us that uh, you love money. You're a girl. There's lots of things out there that are fun to buy, but money doesn't define you. How did you get to that place? That sounds that sounds pretty liberated to not feel that yeah. money is defining you. Yeah, and I'll tell you, um, I had my 40th birthday this year. Congratulations. And spent, thank you. Yeah, it does. It feels like, woo, got there. Um, <laughs> I spent most of my 20s and my early 30s working in the investment management industry at its heyday. When money, um, God, I mean, it was just such a different time. And you know, my, my context was in the hundreds of millions, you know, I managed this huge sales territory at the end of my career. If I needed to go to the airport, I would just call in a limo at, you know, I was like 29 and this limo would come pick me up at my office in Boston and whisk me to Logan where I'd get, you know, 20 minutes before my flight because it was pre 9-11 and whisk onto the plane. Um, and I had a very delusional relationship with money at that That's time. A, you had a pretty um, high life. You yeah, the top I had a really of the high chain. life, but I call it my Easter egg years because it looked all beautiful that the shell was so jeweled and decorated, but it was hollow. And if you had dropped me, I would have shattered into a million pieces. Um, okay. I felt like a fraud. I felt like if anyone knew the truth about who I was, that I would lose everything. Um, I felt like a, a parrot because really all I, you know, I was, I mean, to be frank, I was a young, attractive, blonde woman in a male-dominated industry, and I was a talking head. They would fly me around, and I would give presentations at brokerage conferences and go to fancy resorts and party. My took us off, quite frankly, um, and made tons of money. And I remember um, a point we were selling a, a – I don't want to get into too much about what this is, but a closed-end derivative-based uh, new mutual fund offering. Yeah. And I had okay. brokers – um, and this is what was happening at the time. So, you know, no one was doing anything wrong, but they were just, you know, turning their books over and turning their books over into these products. And I was getting these huge commission checks. Yeah. And I remember getting one and looking at it and feeling like I was a part of something so evil and so broken. And I just knew that these products were going to hurt people. I just knew it, like in my Ouch. core. Yeah. And um, it felt awful. So I uh, tried to sh change things. I actually went to go work for a socially responsible mutual fund company. I thought that, well, maybe that was the answer. I could stay in the industry and find people that were a bit more values-based. Um, but okay. unfortunately, in many ways, that, that company was worse because it was kind of like, like a wolf in sheep's clothing. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. And so I had to really for the first time in my life, make a choice and say, like, am I going to go with these values? Or am I going to keep this money job? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And um, I remember my husband saying, like, you can't quit your job. Like, you make so much money. And what happened was that I manifested getting fired. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the universe brought some alignment to your life right before you were ready to do it yourself. <laughs> well, I think it was like the two by four to the side of the head, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wake up, woman. <laughs> right. Was that right. an immediate wake up, though, Kiva? I mean, no. how, how much time did you go through in what I can only call recovery? I mean, <sighs> the, the feeling Probably of five fired years. and failure and, yeah. Yeah, probably five years. So what happened was, you know, my kids were really, they were babies at the time. And so I thought, well, I'm just done. You know, I've had my career. Um, I'm just going to be their mom. And I did that for about six months. And then I had, I think, what was my real awakening moment, which I was sitting on the couch and I, I was so bored. I mean, I love my kids. They're awesome. But I was bored. And I, was, I taught myself to crochet. And I was watching uh, Barack Obama's inauguration speech, his first one. And he said something to the effect of, um, it is your duty as a citizen of the United States of America to use your creative capacity and your intellect to create change in the world. And I had this like, God, I got to get off my butt. You know, this is a cop out. <laughs> I have a master's degree. I am a brilliant woman. And I'm sitting here on the couch crocheting. So how and did you that come was, to, that to was do how what you're doing then? 
Say that again. So how did you come to do what you're doing then? Yeah, so that that was that was the launch of Wise. I started a blog on women and money and worth. I started a radio show, Great. and you know, over the last uh, six years or so, um, that has led to you know creating a business that hit half a million dollars in revenue in its second year. Um, I actually just signed on as the CEO of a company called Eyes Wide Open Life, which is all about financial liberation. Um, And it's just been an ongoing journey of saying yes to what inspires me. So Eyes Wide Open Life, do you want to say a little bit about that? Oh, yeah. So um, a few years ago, I met a woman named Alexis Neely. She's an attorney, a brilliant woman, so aligned with uh, what I think and how I think and who I am. And she is one of the first women internet pioneers. Um, She has generated over $10 million in online sales. She is a powerhouse um, and she's been my role model and my, you know, I remember the first time in, um, my business, I had like a huge week, uh, a huge money week. I think we generated over $50,000 in sales. And I would have thought, I mean, I've been working so hard, you know, and I thought I would have been like jumping up and down for joy. Like, woo, woo, I did it. But I felt nothing. I felt like this, like nothingness. And I was freaked out. And she's who I called, like, oh, my God, Allie, this is what happened. And she's like, yeah, absolutely. So she's been my role model and um, just someone I admire. And this is her her business, Eyes Wide Open Life, um, is her business one of them. And so um, we're partnering up because I really think that a big piece of this new economy is co-creation, collaboration, community. None of us has to be the one guru with all of the answers, but rather as a collective, we can serve people so much uh, with so much more depth and wisdom and different strengths. So I'm very excited about it. That's great. That's great. We also want to mention your website, Kiva. Yeah, and I actually have a a great gift for everyone listening um, that I can either share with with you now or after the show. Oh, go Um, ahead. Yeah, so I think that one of the the first steps to feeling the way that we've been talking about, you know, being in right relationship with money, um, not allowing it to define you but not rejecting it, is to actually get really real with (laughs) who you are and uh, what your financial situation is. I think that sometimes these are the things that keep us stuck is actually not acknowledging where we are. And so what we have um, created for you is a money tool, something that's just going to really say to you, like, Here's what you want. Here's what you need. Here's what you have. And so hold on one second because I'm actually seeing if they uh, – we're trying to get an easier link for you guys, but I'm not sure that it's live yet. That's so okay. let me get, if it's not yeah. live, we can, uh, you can just send it to us and we'll put it up on the, on the page. Perfect. On the so the link is moneymaptofreedom.com. So moneymaptofreedom.com forward slash Kiva. That's how you don't have to pay for it. (laughs) Kiva, K-I-V-A. And if it's not quite there yet, if Alex, our awesome programmer, hasn't gotten that turned on, it will be shortly for you. Okay. Okay, That's great. Tell us about this. So Money Map to Freedom, what is it? What are people going to find when they open that up? So you'll register to actually get into our Money Map tool. And in the tool, you'll be able to do a quick financial analysis, nothing that's going to take you hours. It should take you about 10 to 15 minutes. Um, And then start to put in some goals so that you can see, like, what would financial freedom look like to me? Is there something that I could create, you know, now given my current resources that would help me get there in a more leveraged and empowered way? Wow, that is great. 
Yeah, that is pretty it. straightforward. That's the, yeah. that's the um, so much so much of this stuff. Like we started off at the top of show, it's difficult to make changes. So to have a tool like this that takes ten or fifteen minutes to get a picture of reality, then do some brainstorming with yourself or your partner about what your goals are, mm -hmm. that is something that's doable for most people. Yeah. Yes, I agree, and I think that you know I want if there was a gift I could give everybody listening. Um, it would be to stop having blame and shame and guilt about your money stuff. You know, we've all been there. We've all made bad choices. We've all had times where, you know, we wake up with that 3 a.m., <gasps> you know, just that bad feeling. And I see so often people making themselves bad and wrong about this. And it just makes you human. Right. Yeah. So... Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> and, and and the thing that you're saying here is something that I've found in my work over the years is that the money, the risk for shame cycles when the topic is money is really high, whether it's coming from families we grew up in, where there's a story about a grandparent who lost everything in the depression or a parent who lost a job and the family had to move to a smaller house. Somehow we can pick those things up when we're little kids and carry it forward as, as feeling that we've done something wrong, that there's something that's really dangerous. Yeah. And, and uh, it's, it's important to identify the shame and the blame and the guilt. Well, it's also I, exacerbated by all the messages that we get about what will make a happy life. Yeah, you've exactly. You've got the shame and the blame and the guilt, and then you've got the, if you, ha if you buy this or if you go here yeah. or if you do these things. That's yeah. a really good point, Anne. It's like the, yeah. the, the need for money gets revved up in the consumer culture, right. and so any of these underlying things become um, more painful or more difficult to work with right yeah and it causes separation right separation from ourselves separation from our family you know that i hate this idea that you have to have things to be happy because it's it's actually reverse right happiness is just circling back to the beginning of our conversation today because when the happiness comes from within instead mm -hmm. of external things or factors even people um, then you can actually uh, come to the things that you desire from a place of truth and mm -hmm. reality versus what you've been conditioned to believe that you need or want or desire. Um, and then suddenly, you know, living on the income that you have maybe feels better. You know, you don't, I say to people all the time, like, trust me, you do not want a million dollar business. You just don't. Million-dollar businesses come with million-dollar problems and million-dollar overhead. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you're called to that from a place of true inspiration, awesome. But I see too many people being called to that from a place of fear and lack and external beliefs of what they really need. You know, Kiva, as I hear you say this, there's a, a passion about what you're saying, and I've got to guess that it loops back to you've been on the other side of this equation. You were chasing dollars, that bottomed out, and now you've found a better way to live. Is that true? Exactly. Yeah, it's totally true. It's totally true. And I mean, I, I don't know, you know, I don't know. I want people to be happy, you know, really, really happy from the inside of their core. And I just, in my personal experience, have known very few people, very few, that are actually wealthy and have that right yeah. i know they exist because I, I know a couple but really not so much mm -hmm. well there have been mm -hmm. we've we had a guest on who was talking about happiness and the studies that have been done say above seventy five thousand dollars in in income the the happiness factor sort of maxes out $75,000 of income. Above that, you get what you're talking about, is what the yeah. studies show. You get the anxiety. You get the lack of trust. And Keeping the lack up with of the challenges, all the pressure, all of that mm -hmm. um, weight that comes with the responsibility of keeping up the appearances and the facades. And I just, I love when we release all that, when that is just all, like, imagine how much emotional energy you have to 
create and enjoy your time with your kids or your family or your friends when you let go of needing to keep up appearances. Mm -hmm. Well, on the other hand, if this comes from where you're saying, where you're saying, if it comes from a place of truth and you you do, uh, you are successful and Mm -hmm. you do have lots of money coming to you or you you are surrounded by it, then that's a totally different experience, and there's nothing wrong with that either. No, there's nothing wrong with it. It's it's the position that you come to it from. Right. You know, I hope to make a lot of money in my, you know, in my life because I'll do really awesome things with it. <laughs> um, and I will be a steward of wealth for our planet. And I want my children to be very successful and be successfully uh, stewarding wealth for the planet, yeah. but it's the the come from that shifts. Yeah, does that make sense? Yeah, that absolutely makes sense. And uh, on that note, we have to take a break, so we we will pause and we'll be back in just a minute with our guest Kiva Leatherman. And if you'd like to join our conversation, please call us at eight six six four seven two five seven nine zero or email us at moneyinyourliferadio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you as our time is flying by. I'm Ann Hutchins with my co-host, Brian Farr. You have money in your life. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Do you have financial goals for yourself? Do you want to be smart with money in all areas of your life? If you're ready to become more effective with your personal finances, then you might be ready to hire a financial coach. Since 2002, Brian Farr has helped hundreds of people improve their relationship with money. He's unbiased, honest, and approachable. If you'd like to learn more about financial coaching, visit Brian's website and schedule a free 15-minute consultation at www.brianhfarr.com. The goal of financial coaching is to open up the conversation around money with your spouse, your children, or your extended family. Ann Hutchins works with individuals, families, and financial professionals to improve relationships with money. Her work with clients is confidential, honest, and fun. Visit Ann's website and schedule a free 15-minute consultation at www.abhutchins.com. That's abhutchins.com. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Money in Your Life with Brian Farr and Ann Hutchins. To reach our program today, please call 1 866 472 5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to moneyinyourliferadio at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. I'm Ann Hutchins with my co-host Brian Farr and our guest Kiva Leatherman. And I know that we have some emails, Brian, but before we do, I'm going to notice again, or I'm going to tell you again about Kiva Leatherman's email or website, which is wisewomenwealth.com, wisewomenwealth.com. It's wisewomennetwork. Wisewomennetwork.com. I wrote it down right. Wisewomennetwork.com, and it has important resources, and you can sign up for some of Kiva's, uh, Kiva's um, webinars. Yes. Like. So... We do have some emails, Brian. Yeah, there's an email from Jeff. Uh, Kiva, this one, it's a little bit, um, I'm thinking that you might have some insight in it. In talking to other women, you may may hear this um, situation. This letter is from Jeff, from a man. He says, my spouse has an unrealistic idea of the relationship between our income and our spending. And she also believes that you only live once. 
so you should enjoy things while you can. While she enjoys what she buys, it never seems enough, and meanwhile, her spending is eating away at me. I've tried talking with her, and we just argue, and nothing changes. What should I do? Yeah, wow. I really feel you, Jeff. Um, It's really hard for me to answer this without more information, um, but I'm going to take a stab at it. I'm curious, um, and maybe you can message in, if his wife has access or if she's generating her own financial resources. So does she have her own career? Is she, um, you know, uh, generating money for the family? Because it's actually two different answers depending on that. What Mm -hmm. I will say um, in either case is you have to just consistently stand for your truth. Um, Man or woman in any relationship, I really come to understand that compromise in any form is it's destructive to you to your partner and so as hard as it is to continue to take a stand and to continue to go through the fire of fighting you you just have to you can't compromise these things um sometimes in this situation supplementing financial resources is the answer so if your wife is generating her own money if she has her income then, you know, in the, in the realm of complete personal responsibility, you've got to live it, right? Like we can't have our case and eat it too. So um, that's a way, you know, you kind of live and die by your own choices. Um, and then finally is just to really make sure that you're communicating to her how her behavior is impacting you. What are the consequences mm-hmm. on your feelings, on how it's um, causing you to feel about the relationship, about your future, the fears? Sometimes mm-hmm. we're afraid, especially I've noticed in Ben, are afraid to be vulnerable and to share their fears. Um, and so you, you may be, and I'm not making assumptions, but maybe you're coming to the conversation from that position of having power over I want you to try coming to the conversation from a place of vulnerability, truth, and authenticity. Bear your heart to her. Let her know what this is actually causing in you so that maybe you can co-create a solution together. Okay. That last point you said is really critical, I think, that that, um, in a situation like that, one spouse can point the finger and say the other one is the problem and then that creates mm-hmm. a whole defensive pattern where yeah. you're what you're suggesting is to just speak about how it really is impacting the spouse and to, yes. to open up the conversation from that point yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. women i mean let me tell you women do we do not want to be controlled we do not want <laughs> our men acting like our daddies and telling us what we can and can't do we revolt but when you come to us with your heart and say I need to have a real conversation with you. This is how I'm feeling. This is where it hurts in my heart. Oh, my God, can we surprise you? And I want to give a resource, a book that changed the life of me and my husband. It's actually not a book. It's an audio series. But it's the work of Alison Armstrong. And, um, man, just go listen to her stuff. <laughs> okay. Alison Armstrong. Alison Armstrong. Okay. Nope. You know, the other thing that you bring up is the the this communication. You know, mm-hmm. if because if my husband or spouse doesn't tell me that there is stress around my my using of the resources, then I'm going to assume everything's fine. Yeah, I mean, I get the sense that Jeff is communicating that. Um, so. Yes, we have. I mean, it's just all back to ownership, right? We have right. to own our experience. And, you know, a lot of women, unfortunately, use money and spending as a way to fill, you know, it's like overeaters or, um, you know, we, we spend because there's a hole inside of us mm-hmm. and we get a short-term dose of dopamine and all these good things when we spend. And it's a bigger issue. So... I'm hearing a little bit of that in Jeff's in Jeff's question where he yeah, says uh, she enjoys what she buys, but it never seems to be enough. Right. Yeah, and that's, exactly. That's that. That's that hole inside. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, exactly. So how do you how do you work with? Let's say that a woman has come with you. It's come and is is you're coaching a woman, and you suspect that they she's got this hole inside that her spending is 
she's yeah. using spending to try to feel a hole, fill that hole. How might you work with her? How might you help her be, become aware of that? Yeah, so I actually, I'm kind of like a little sneaky about this because I okay. really encourage women to start with uh, amazing self-care. Um, but it's not self-care, like go buy yourself a new pair of shoes. It's self-care, like take a bath at 2 o'clock in the afternoon or, you know, go take yourself for a walk through the woods. Go read a juicy book curled up on the couch. When we start to rest, and give ourselves a little space, then we can actually start to realize that this oops that we're feeling, um, for women it feels like there's this burning right in the center of our chest. And often what it is is a disconnection from who we are and what we want. And we can't begin to connect into that until we really start taking care of ourselves, self-nurturing. So that's when we start... that ties back to what you were saying earlier about the, uh, the coming from within, that mm-hmm. to slow down and, and not go buy the new shoes or not go get that external experience, but but allow yeah. some time so you can connect yeah. to the internal. Exactly. The Noticing what yeah. are we really needing in that moment. Yeah, the other thing that's really impressive in what you're suggesting, Kiva, is for a lot of people, shopping is a sport. <sighs> and what you're suggesting is, uh, trying out some other activities that may get you the same sort of reaction. And yeah, the I mean, same I actually think that feeling. shopping is self-medicating. Yes. And there are other, there are other more, uh, uh, <laughs> more sustainable ways to self-medicate that you know don't involve alcohol, food, or credit cards. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, find those. Yeah. For me, it's a tub. I mean, I just don't tell anybody, but sometimes I even do phone calls from my bathtub. Because I really <laughs> love being in the bathtub. <laughs> we won't tell anybody but our listeners. <laughs> yeah, really. You just told about a I'm thousand right people. Now. That's I all right. <laughs> yeah, that's really oh, great. Oh, that's good. That's really great. Well, you know, what? again, what you're suggesting, too, is beginning to break that cycle of what's worked for you in the past but hasn't made you happy, the things that those uncomfortable shoes, as we talked about before, break Mm -hmm. that cycle in your brain that says, I'm not, I'm feeling like I need something else. I'll go shopping. You create that pause that says, I'm feeling like I need something else. Let's try something else. How about start with a breath? Exactly. That's great. You know, yeah. along these lines, one of the things that that's, I've uncovered in working um, more with women, but also with men, um, more of a younger generation of men. But I'll just stick with the women that as we unpack this, what, why was shopping so important? There was a whole bonding with their mothers or their grandmothers. Mm. There was yes. time. That was the time they got to be with somebody significant. And so going back to even even mom or grandmother's now passed away, but shopping was still touching into some of that kind of thing. Yeah, I can totally relate to that. I mean, my best memory is of my mom or shopping. And it's actually when I felt the most loved, believe it or not, when she was buying things for me. I felt really good. Mm -hmm. Um, And this goes back to, you know, it's not our mom's responsibility anymore. We are grown women and we have to create that container for ourselves. So what I mean by that is... We have to create nurturing and feeling loved and feeling good for ourselves from within ourselves. Yeah. And then you don't need the stuff. Well, and and also sometimes what it is is still create that connection. So if I'm all alone in my big house, Mm. I want company. Mm Mm-hmm. And if I go to the mall, there are a lot of people. I may not talk to anybody but the person that I'm buying something from. Yeah, but it, you know what? It's such a short-lived. It's it is. Real. It's not lasting. It's meaningless. Yeah. And so how can you create that for real? You know, a lot of us need friend makeovers. A lot <laughs> of us need husband makeovers, makeover. unfortunately. Um, and, you know, I... 
I always say to people when we got on, you know, I don't work with many people one-on-one anymore, but it's not for the faint of heart. Like, uh, this is not the easiest path per se, but it's the path that gets you to having a real life, meaning you're not faking it, you're not putting on airs. Like, if you're having a crappy day, you're going to be able to say that you have a crappy day. And you're not going to go outside of your house with your mask on and then go within and sit and drink three glasses of wine at night. Mm-hmm. Um, that is the promise, but it is not for the meek of heart. I think that's really the important thing underlying all of this is that it's not easy. Some people will mm-hmm. tell you that it's easy. It is not easy. It takes time, and it's worth it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like training for a marathon. You don't run 26 miles without pulled muscles and getting up early and doing the work. You have to do the work. It makes me crazy, some of this, like, law of attraction stuff. I mean, I know there's something to it. And if that it were that simple, everybody would do it. It's hard. It's painful. It causes hurt. But it's like the shedding of layers of skin that you don't need to be wearing anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Yeah. Well, it's it's powerful it stuff. Like it is here today. Yeah. <laughs> no, this has been really, really great. We've given us you've given us some great tools, Kiva, and you've given us some great references. And I want to I want to na- call out again the money map to freedom dot com forward slash Kiva. Yes, is the gift that you're giving. Yeah, that's your starting place. So I just want to. Put a challenge out there for all of you within the next 24 hours to take a step because honestly, the thing that like keeps me up at night is that people hear me speak or they come to my blog or they, you know, listen to something, but then nothing actually changes. I'm not here for your entertainment. I'm here to kind of like shake you up a little bit and just get you to take that first step. Just one. That's it. Well, and on that powerful note, We have to close, and thank you so much, Kiva. Mm, You are welcome. This has really been terrific. It's been great to have you on the show. It's been really great. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Brian, what's up for next Friday? Well, next week we're going to review some of the best suggestions from our previous shows for opening up the conversation around money. We will describe time-tested strategies for relieving stress and reducing difficult emotions in money conversations. These are not magic, but they are worth their weight in gold. Send us your questions and your sticky situations. Please email, email us in advance if you have a conundrum you'd like us to talk about or call us during the show. Until then, I'm Brian Farr. And I'm Ann Hutchins. And please, let's keep this conversation going because you have money in your life. Thank you for making Money in Your Life part of your financial plan this week. Please join your hosts, Ann Hutchins and Brian Farr, again next Friday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.